Hello, and welcome to the Treasures of Truth podcast with Dr. Jeremy Simpson of the Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church in Elkin, North Carolina. We hope that you enjoy the podcast today as we search together in the precious Word of God. Welcome to Treasures of Truth podcast. Brother Jeremy here. I want to go back to the book of Philippians, chapter number two. We were in this passage yesterday on the last podcast, and I want to go back to it, talking about the importance of hum- of unity, the importance of unity. Here's what the Bible says, Philippians 2, verse 1, If there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The importance of unity. And we talked on the last podcast about the motive of unity. The motive of unity. What is the motive of unity? Our common Lord, our common love, our common life and our common load. But I want to look today at the method of unity. We've talked about the why, but now let's talk about the how, the method. And here in these verses, from verses 2 to verse number 4, you find how unity uh, is carried out. What's the method of it? And we've looked at the why. Why should we want to be motivated to to keep unity in our home, in our church, in our nation? And we've been mainly focusing on the church. But now I want to look at how can we keep unity. The first of all, first of all, uh, we look at this passage, and the first thing I see is we have to have harmony. He said, "Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like minded, having the same love." being of one accord, of one mind. you got to have harmony. we got to be like-minded, Paul says. That means we're to be in harmony. Now, now at, at thanks to Calvary, I can't speak for your church where you go, but I can speak for our church. We've got people from every walk of life. I mean, we've got different folk. I mean, real different. I could call some names, but I'm not going to, all right? But we've got some difference, differences. In fact, if you look at my own marriage, me and Miss Rebecca are are like night and day on so many things. Now, we've got a lot of like-mindedness and a lot of things that we're similar in because we was both raised in a pastor's home, and we've been in church all our life, and we got saved both at an early age, and we've been through a lot of the same experiences. But when it comes to personality, man, we are on like different ends of the spectrum. And you know, a church is like that, but just because Rebecca and I are different doesn't mean we can't have harmony. In fact, sometimes I think the differences that we have give us a greater harmony than if we were exactly the same, then would we, we would be clashing, but now we're suited for each other and we compliment where I, where I falter, she exceeds where maybe she has a a lack I may be in abundance, and so it complements. And at thanks to Calvary, we've got uh, people from all walks of life. We've got young folk. We've got old folk. 
Uh, we've got educated folk. We've got uneducated folk. Uh, we have people who are financially well off, and we've got people that struggle uh, weekly financially. Uh, we've got people of all ethnicities. Uh, we have people from the South, a lot of folks from the South. And then we've got a few buzzards from the North. <laughs> and I pick on them all the time. But you know what? We have harmony. We have got people that have different ideas, different ideals, uh, that think differently in political persuasions. And yet we have harmony. Why? Because according to that verse, we are to be like-minded. Now, that does not mean that we are to be carbon copies. It doesn't mean that we all have to think alike. I think that's boring. It doesn't mean that we can't have various ideas about various subjects, but yet there's got to be harmony. And, and, I, and I read this about a music teacher, and this is a great illustration of what I'm talking about. And here's what he said about a piano, and I play the piano. And he said it's virtually impossible to tune one piano to another piano. It's virtually impossible. But he said if you'll take one piano and tune it to a tuning fork and then take the other piano and tune it to the same tuning fork, then rather than having discord, you'll have harmony because both pianos are tuned to the same tuning fork. In fact, you could take one piano from one location and have it tuned uh, to a tuning fork and go down to another location to a piano that, that's been tuned with the same tuning fork. And even though from a different, completely different place, they'll have harmony no matter where they come from. That is the way it is with you and I. When I am in tune with Christ and you're in tune with Christ, even though we may be different, in our core, in our heart, we'll be like-minded. We'll all have different ideas, but we can be in agreement on one thing, the Lord Jesus Christ. We can be like-minded about the Lord. And if you disagree on everything else, you can, dis you can agree on Jesus. And there's, there's some words that are similar and sound alike, but they're vastly different. And here they are. Let me give them to you. Unity, which is what we're talking about. Union and uniformity. There is a difference between those three. There is a difference between union, uniformity, and unity. Now, unity is what we've been looking at, not union. Uh, my dad gave the illustration years ago. He said, you can have union with two cats and not have unity. And then he go, went on to say, you take those two cats and you can form a union, tie their tails together. And hang them on a clothesline, and you'll have uni union, but you ain't going to have unity. And you can conjure up that picture in your mind. That's union, but not unity. And I'm afraid there's a lot of churches that are tied together, but they're like two cats on a clothesline. They're fighting it out. That's, uni that's union. We want more than to be wired together or rusted together or frozen together. We want unity, not union. And then there's uniformity. Uniformity is not unity. Because uniformity comes from the outside. Everybody saying the same thing. Everybody looking alike. Everybody doing the same things. Uniformity comes from pressure from without. Unity comes from the power from within, where you have the same spirit. 
and you have the same Lord. See, we're not, this is where our churches have missed it. We have had a church culture in my lifetime built on rules and bringing us together by rules or bringing us together by threats. No, sir. We are bound together by love. And I'm telling you, my friend, we've missed it. We have missed it. The method for unity, number one, is harmony. Then the second method is found in verse number three. In verse number three, we find the method of humility. There's harmony, and then there's got to be humility. Verse three said, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Now the word strife or vain glory, strife, that refers to what you'd call uh, a party spirit, a party spirit, like I'm a Democrat, you're a Republican. Well, I'm a libertarian. Well, I'm a vegetarian. And, and Or I went to this high school and you went to that high school. Or I belong to this class, you belong to that class. That, my friend, is the party spirit. And if you've got the party spirit, then you'll put your party first. You'll put your group first rather than the entire church of Jesus Christ. I've seen the party spirit. I've pastored the party spirit. And it will keep a church from growing. It'll keep a church from growing. Uh, let me give you an example. It's like our church. Man, we, God's blessed. We've been growing. We have no Sunday school space. We've got people stuck everywhere. Fellowship Hall, Auditorium, all the classes are filled. I need about five or six more Sunday school classes right now. And when you have a church that's growing, sometimes there's growing pains. You know, you might have to move out of a Sunday school class into another class. And and, and people say, well, no, no, wait a minute. You're not going to move us. This is our department. This is our Sunday school class. No, it's not. It's God's class. It's the Lord's class. It's, it belongs to the church. And when you get that class spirit or when you get that party spirit, it's dangerous. And sometimes people uh, even get that party spirit when it comes to preachers. The Apostle Paul dealt with the party spirit. If you study over there in the Corinthian church, he said, one of you are saying, I'm a Paul. One of you are saying, I'm of Apollos. He said, it's the Lord. We belong to Jesus. We belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and strife speaks of the party spirit. But then you've got the word vainglory, which speaks of the proud spirit. Pride is one of the most hurtful things in the home, in the church, and in the nation. And the reason we don't have unity a lot of times in our churches is because of pride. And the Bible says that pride brings contention. The book of Proverbs chapter 13. You see, that party spirit is when you put others down. The prideful spirit is when you lift up yourself. And either one of them is going to destroy the unity and the fellowship of the church. So the method is harmony and humility. Well, what do we need? We need the method right. We need the fellowship right of this unity, the method of this unity, the method of this fellowship. It's harmony first and humility second. And then in verse number four, you, uh, you find the third one. The method is helpfulness. Because Paul said, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. William Booth started the Salvation Army. What a Christian he was. And the Salvation Army was having a, a large convention one time, and, and they wanted the old general, uh, William Booth, to come. But he had gotten sick, and he was worn down, and, and, he, and he couldn't come. 
And so they said, well, just send us a letter, send us a telegram, something that we can read to the crowd at the convention that will encourage them and, and something, you know, that'll just help us in, in what we're trying to do in our endeavors. And here's what he sent. He said a one word telegraph, a one word telegraph to encourage that convention. And here's what he sent others, others. Ain't that awesome? One word, others. And that's what keeps the church together, others. When we're thinking about someone else, it's helpfulness. It's the method of, 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 of unity. It's harmony, humility, and helpfulness. Others, others. The true secret to joy, we've heard it our whole entire Christian life. J-O-Y, Jesus, others, you. Jesus first, others second, and you last is the secret to joy. Others. And William Booth sent that one-word telegram, others, to encourage that convention. There's an old song that's, that goes like this. Others, Lord, yes, others. Let this my motto be. Help me to live for others that I may live like thee. In your home, others. In your church, others. In your community, others. Listen to this. I read this. I thought it was pretty good. Lord, help me live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray, my prayers shall be for others. Help me in all the work I do to ever be sincere and true and know that all I do for you just meet the needs of others. And when my work on earth is done and my new work in heaven begun, may I forget the crown I've won while still thinking of others. 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 Isn't that good? I'm telling you, that's the method. Harmony, humility, and helpfulness. Now, this world needs some light and it needs some salt. And we're called to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. It's dirty and it's dark. It needs purifying and illuminating. Why don't you plan today? I'm going to be salt and light. If you're listening to this in the evening, plan on purpose. I'm going to go tomorrow to my devotions. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to get filled with the Spirit. And I'm going out and being a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. Until the next Treasures of Truth podcast, God bless you.